Welcome to Ozarks Hates and Hooch. This ain't no fancy, academic, check your references kind of deal. We are two sisters from the Ozarks, sipping and spewing about Hanks, Hooch, and history. Welcome to Ozarks Hanks and Hooch. This is Dawn and I'm with Dina. Hi. And Elvis who keeps trying to drink our yummy drink which I'm going to talk about here in a minute. Um, so we're we've got a, a kind of a normal that's not the right word or usual episode for you. Um, Dina's got the story I'm going to say all the things and tell you about the drink, which is amazeball. Yeah, I, I hope I can get through the story. <laughs> because right. this drink is yummy. Oh, it's way <laughs> yummy. And if Elvis drinks it, you'll hear a big thump as he hits the floor. <laughs> uh, so um, we have, uh, we're two girls in two different states with two different Wi-Fi's and like I said, Elvis is right here under my face, so there you may hear purring or whatever. I don't know where your cats and kids are. Are they? Everybody's are locked yourself? out of my room right now. Scooter is home. Man, First day off. I don't in hear a over snow. a month. Oh, I don't. Yeah. I was going to say I don't hear a leaf blower or any. No, because he's sitting in his chair and he really hasn't moved from there, and I don't want him to because he deserves to just sit in his chair. All right. Well, so let me say all the other things. Uh, We have a Facebook and an Instagram. Um, We're on all of the podcast platforms. So if you like us, please subscribe and and rate us five stars or however many stars there are. We release on the 1st and the 15th of each month, which we're actually doing. And that's crazy. Wow. we have a Patreon. Please, please become our patron. We really need you. And thanks to all of our patrons. We love you. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have a website, ozarkshaintsandhooch.weebly.com. Uh, I think that's it, isn't it? Yeah, sounds good. Okay. So uh, let me get to the drink. So um, Dina's story i won't tell them exactly what it is but it has something to do with german things Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so i went online to look for the things she's going to talk about and that had weird cocktails but i did find this german cocktail called a rumple snuggler it is one and a half ounces of bailey's irish cream okay right there right that's all yeah who cares what else is in it right but it gets better it just Mm -hmm. gets better and better um one ounce of rumple mints peppermint schnapps eight ounces of hot chocolate and whipped cream okay shut up so it tells you to warm your glass um, make the hot chocolate add the bailey's rumple mints and the hot chocolate to the mug and top with whipped cream it is way, way yummy. Yeah, I'm sad I don't have whipped cream. But... Well, I, mean, it's, I mean, like I had a little bit of cream left, so I was just like, I hope this whips up. So it did. <laughs> oh, good. So, I don't have any of that right now. I have buttermilk. I don't think it would do the same thing. Well, it might look like cottage cheese in there. but Yeah, and not taste very good, I don't think. No. Anyway, it's good, though, with what I ha- without the whipped cream in it. And I bet there's not a calorie in this, do you think? Mm-mm. No. I used sugar-free cocoa. I didn't. That's a lie. 
Oh, I didn't either. You know what I used? I have to tell you. So uh, there's a holiday coming up. You guys probably know we record a little bit early and I've, I'm leaving town tomorrow. And um, anyway, I was in Lidl, um, which is a German grocery store. So it goes right along with our. But anyway, they had these hot chocolate sticks and it's like, I don't know chocolate on a popsicle stick and you heat the milk up and you stir oh oh yeah. so i kind of like hot chocolate bombs we have those at the sweet shop you yeah put the bomb in the cup and then pour the milk over the top so of with all the real the things i bet this i bet this mug of deliciousness is like eight thousand. <laughs> that's probably why it's so good i know, I know. It's, fine. it's my lunch it's a liquid lunch today oh well it's yeah fine. It's also my day off and it's past noon. So we're okay. Oh, I'm, yeah. You're drinking. Good for you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Is that all I got? That's all. Sure. Okay. So it's all you. I can't okay. wait to hear it. So since we are right in the middle of the Christmas season here in the Ozarks, and that's right. You heard me right. We're in the middle of the Christmas season because Christmas mm -hmm. starts on November 1st in Branson, Missouri. I was going to uh -huh. say, and it's August. No, not really. <laughs> yes. We Halloween on the 31st and then wake up to Jingle Bells the next morning. Oh. And I'm not kidding. Mm -hmm. That's what happens. Yep. So I wanted to pull a little of that feeling into our podcast um, this week but maybe not the way you're thinking. Uh, many folks here in Ozark Mountain Country, especially those who work in tourist destinations, kind of find themselves struggling a little bit with Christmas cheer right now because it's been going on since November 1st. <laughs> and you can only be hollered at about the lights closing too early or the show tickets not being in the correct section or it being too cold to be an outdoor venue before your Mary falls right off the sleigh. Ah. So I'm going to bring you the story of Krampus and why it has a place in our Ozark history. And to do that, I'm going to start with a little bit of history on the, in, uh, the German influence in our hills. So I found this bit of information on Ozark's Watch in a paper by Russell Gerlach, and it is titled The German Presence in the Ozarks. The British heritage of the Ozarks was the dominant cultural force throughout much of the region in past times, and to some extent remains so to this day. Yet, a second tradition is suggested by Ozark's place names such as Frankenstein in Osage County, Rhineland in Montgomery County, and Freistadt in Lawrence County, also Altenburg in Perry County. These and other Teutonic place names suggest a German presence in the Ozark, and Teutonic denotes the Germanic branch of the Indo-European language. I didn't know that. I had to look it up. I didn't know what that word meant, so I just added that in there for you. Thank you, because I thought it was tectonic, and I was like, what does this have to do with earthquakes? No. Okay. Teutonic. Okay. Anyway, Germans first entered the Ozarks in the 18th century at a time when the Louisiana Territory was under the control of the French and then the Spanish. Some Germans were mixed in with the English, Welsh, and Scotch-Irish who moved west from the Alleghenies in the early 18th century. Did I say that right, Alleghenies? You got me. Mountains, the Al Alleghenies? Allegheny. Allegheny. Alleghenies. Okay, I was close. Yeah. Through intermarriage, and I'm, oh, let's just stop there since I already said something wrong. There's some German names in this story, and I'm going to do my best, but 
they are not going to be correct. And I know that ahead of time. So give me a little grace. We're Merry sorry, Christmas. Sorry, all the German people that <laughs> yes. were <gonna> offend. <laughs> sorry. I am I am 100% um, Ozark hillbilly. Just remember that. <laughs> so through intermarriage and separation from ethnic kin, they soon lost the trappings of their old world heritage. These assimilated Germans found their way to most parts of the Ozarks, and their descendants remain in the region to this day. Along with descendants of many European nationalities, they form part of what one might call the old stock American population of the region. And here's some... Um, a little bit more history of the first German settlements and some pop, some, um, I'm not, not famous, but known German settlers. So the first distinctly German settlement in the Ozarks occurred in 1798 when a group of German Swiss from North Carolina located in the Whitewater Creek bottoms of Cape Girardeau and Bollinger counties. The Whitewater Dutch, as they are known, remained distinctive for some generations, and their farms were said to be the best in this section of the territory. Over the next several decades, Germans trickled into Missouri, with most locating along the Missouri and Mississippi rivers west and south of St. Louis. A particularly notable early German settler in the Ozarks was Gottfried Duden. And he was an educated Rhinelander who immigrated to Missouri in 1824 and took a farm near the present location of Dudzow in Warren County. I don't know where any of those places are. I don't either. Um, you said Cape Girardeau in North Carolina, so I'm confused. Well, they settled in Cape Girardeau. They came from North Carolina. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Totally misheard that. I was like, there's a Cape Girardeau, North Carolina? No. Drink okay. your drink. I'm, that's probably the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Duden published a book in 1829 entitled, okay, here we go. Rice Nock Dern Westlucken Staten. But that was great. <laughs> Travel through the Western states is what that says. It gets worse. So, in which he described the lands along the Missouri River as geographically similar to southern Germany, but without the social drawbacks. A region where one could practice hillside horticulture and yet be free of the convention ridden society of 19th century Germany. In subsequent years, thousands of his countrymen immigrated directly to Missouri as a result of his glowing and somewhat exaggerated description of the state. Many of those attracted to Missouri by the writings of Duden were men of means and education, known as Latin farmers because of their knowledge of Greek and Latin. They came to Missouri seeking a utop utopian lifestyle. <laughs> oh, they'd be so disappointed now, wouldn't they? <laughs> yes. oh, all right, I digress. In addition to the writings of Duden, at least a dozen other travel books in the German language that focused on Missouri were in circulation in Europe by 1830. Though there was a large settlement of Germans in the St. Louis area, other Germans moved south from St. Louis, establishing communities along the Mississippi all the way to the Missouri Boot Hill. The majority were Catholic in St. Genevieve County, Genevieve, Genevieve, Genevieve. Mm -hmm. yeah. County, German Catholic communities were established at New Offenburg, Zell, Kaufman, and Weingarten in the 1840s. And Germans moved into formerly French settlements such as River Ovases and even St. Genevieve itself. The settlement of Germans continued south into Perry and Cape Girardeau counties, where large numbers from Baden 
located in the 1840s and 1850s. Some Germans were attracted to the Ozarks seeking religious freedom. Osage County attracted several thousand German Catholics whose principal reason for immigrating from Germany was religious. Once again, they'd be so disappointed. And here's the segue into the fun part. I enjoy the history sometimes, but the scary stories is why I'm here. You know that. <laughs> Thus, I bring you the legend of Krampus. So here we go. Krampus, whose name is derived from the German word Krampen, meaning pickaxe, is said to be the son of hell in North Norse mythology. Originally, Krampus was a purely pagan creation, but he got grafted onto Christian tradition as a sidekick of St. Nicholas. The legendary beast also shares characteristics with other scary demonic creatures in Greek mythologies, including satyrs and fauns. I had to think about how to say satyrs, sorry. I know. I had a student one time correct me, and they were right because I called it a satyr. Mm -hmm. All right, sorry. I have to look at it. I really do. Ooh, hey, once that cocoa sits for a little while. Wow. Okay, oh. Krampus was created <laughs> as a counterpart. Pot. Counterpot, I told you. Let's try again. Krampus was created as a counterpart to kindly St. Nicholas, who rewarded children with sweets. According to folklore, Krampus purportedly shows up in towns the night before December 6th, known as Krampus Knot yep. or Krampus Night. December 6th also happens to be Nikolastag or St. Nicholas Day. When German children look outside their door to see if the shoe or boot they'd left out the night before contains either presents, a reward for good behavior, or a rod, bad behavior. Mm. While St. Nicholas rewards nice children by leaving presents, Krampus beats those who are naughty with branches and sticks. In some cases, he is said to eat them or take them to hell. <laughs> On December 6th, St. <laughs> Nicholas Day... Children awaken to find their gifts or nurse their injuries. Festivity, festivities involving Krampus include the, okay, here we go, Krampus Lof, and that's called the Krampus Run. Uh, in this activity, which often involves alcohol, maybe some rumple snuggler, um, <laughs> people dressed as the creature parade through st streets, scaring spectators and sometimes chasing them. Beginning in the late 20th century, amid efforts to preserve cultural heritage, Krampus runs became increasingly popular in Austria and Germany. During this time, Krampus began to be celebrated internationally, and the monster's growing appeal was evidenced by numerous horror films. Some claimed that the expanding popularity of Krampus was a reaction to the commercialization of Christmas. Just to be clear on my side... The boys on Supernatural were the first ones to teach me about Krampus because they have an episode. Of course they were. I know. We love them. And then we, I mean, Dawn doesn't, Deidre and I did. Yeah. I mean, they're fine. It was fine. I just didn't. Yeah. I love them. Dean especially. And then there's this great movie called Krampus. Have you seen it, Dawn? you got to watch it. It's got um, a guy from Parks and Recreation in it. What's I feel name? like I had, or I started to watch it. It's it's kind of uh, campy, right? Oh my gosh! So it's scary too, but it's funny. Like the gingerbread men come to life, and they're mean, and oh. the, there's a big old bulldog in it that eats them. And oh god, 
Okay. I'm going to have really to good. I think I'm, yes, it'll be on something that we have. So, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, I just lost my place. Uh, uh, okay. Anyway. Um, so that's totally included in like, right. I got Christmas vacation, Christmas, Christmas with the cramps, cramp, cramp, what are <laughs> Christmas with the cranks, cranks. It's not cramps. All right. <laughs> sorry. People. I have to quit drinking the cocoa. I was cranks. Say, we shouldn't put it like a, uh, what do you call that before? A disclaimer. Must be yes. You must be drinking this drink for us to make sense. <laughs> to make sense. Yeah. Sorry, Christmas with the cranks. I was trying to say Christmas with Krampus, I think, and that's not what it's called. Anyway, Krampus is right in there with that uh, holiday movie lineup. The tradition originated in Bavaria, and it spread south through the province of of what is now Austria. Krampus brings punishment back to the Christmas holiday, threatening naughty children with more than a lump of coal in their stocking. It is believed that the longhorned, shaggy, goat-like monster with a long, angry face and lolling, 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 lolling forked tongue would visit the home of misbehaving children to punish them. Uh, I found some descriptions of what he's said to look like. Here's one. He is said to have pointed devilish horns and a long snake-like tongue his body is covered in coarse fur and he looks like a goat crossed with a demon his body and arms are strung with chains and bells and he carries a large sack or basket on his back to cart off evil children and i will have some artwork i found some great not only like they used to make christmas cards with krampus yeah. on it mm -hmm. and so i found some of those like vintage christmas cards but then i found some masks they make these great wooden masks because here in a little bit i'm going to tell you that they still do these krampus yeah they do yeah um runs anyway so i found some pictures of actual costume and it's amazing i mean they really have put some work into this so that that'll be on the on facebook and everything and i'll probably say that again here so every evening um oh wait no 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 oh i'm saying that right now as a matter of fact so they like i said still happen so every evening on december 5th um elegantly dressed saint nicks pair up with monstrously outfitted krampuses and they make the rounds to homes and businesses offering gifts and playful threats some people exchange krampus not greeting cards that depict the horned beast alongside festive and funny messages Sometimes large groups of people dress up like Krampus and run amok through the streets, chasing friends and passerbys with birch sticks. This activity is especially popular among young men. I know there's some people I'd like to whack with a birch stick. <laughs> Just saying. Tourists who've witnessed this rowdy celebration say that running into a coffee shop won't save you from getting swatted. And the swats aren't really gentle. But luckily... They're usually confined to the legs, and the festive atmosphere often makes up for the occasionally welt. I, I don't know. I think I'd still be mad if somebody whacked me with a stick. But I wouldn't be, mind being the whacker. I don't want to be the wacky, though. Yeah. The tradition has become an important one in many countries and has come to include expensive handmade masks, elaborate costumes, and even parades. Though some complain that the celebration is becoming too commercialized, many aspects of the old festival endure. There are some American cities like Los Angeles that host annual Krampus celebrations that feature costume, costume contests, parades, traditional dances, bell ringing, and alpine horn blowing. <laughs> Cookies, drindles, dirndles, 
there's not enough um and this this is how it was spelled in the article that i was reading but there's not enough um vowels in that word journals and masks are included so here we go who wants to stop a krampus loft with me who wants to do that we can round up and i'm talking about the people in branson who are done (laughs) <laughs> we can round up tourists that yell at us for issues that we have no way of correcting for them because we just work here. That's my biggest pet peeve. If we could change rules, prices, or the weather, we most certainly would not be working on Black Friday. Just just to put that out there. So whack them with those birch sticks. And then we could take all those angels that tip heavily and give a kind word and give them sweet treats and booze. And I just think it's a great idea. I think we should start one here in Branson. Um, also, I just want to tell you, go watch Krampus. If you've not seen it, please go watch it because it is, it is a delight. It's funny and scary. I mean, obviously you have to like scary movies or scary stuff or you wouldn't listen to us because we like that stuff, right? right? But anyway, go watch it, drink a Rumple Snuggler or two or three. And remember that we are all just people trying to make a living and enjoy our holiday too. If you still need more Krampus, which I kind of feel like I need more Krampus, I found a book called Krampus the Yule Lord by Brom, and this is what it's about. A Christmas Eve in Boone County, West Virginia, down on his luck songwriter Jesse witnesses a group of devilish figures chasing Santa Claus to his sleigh. The whole crew then gets jerked into the sky by a startled reindeer, his sack dropping to the ground to the sounds of screams. When Jesse picks up the sack, he becomes embroiled in a centuries-old feud with the ancient Yule Lord Krampus, determined to rest Yuletide back from St. Nicholas, who may have stolen his magic to begin with. I may be ordering that soon. Yeah. And that's it. That's my story. Well, that is really, yeah, that's good. I mean, there's a, there's a long history. I was telling uh, our friend Pam, who used to be on this podcast about there's a long German history in Missouri. I mean, mm-hmm. there's even a section that sort of, I guess it's included in the Ozarks, but it's a little more North than mm-hmm. where we grew up, but yeah, cool. That was good. Thanks. I enjoyed it. It was fun to read about. Like I probably could have done more about it, but I tried to. And I do. I have all the um, websites that I got my information from. I will have that on the extras. And then I have several photos that we'll put up. And I'm not kidding. Go watch that movie. I can't think of the guy's name. It's got uh, some people in it that you're going to go, really? They're in it? No, I swear I've probably seen it like a million years ago. Adam Scott, that's that's his name. He's the guy from and Tony Collette is in it. She's his wife. So when was it? Like what when was it? Oh, it's not that old. I mean, let me know. Oh, maybe I haven't seen it. I may not 2015. I mean, I guess it's older than I thought, but huh. Well, if I haven't, I need to re-see it if I've you know yeah i'm telling you it's in my i'll watch it before christmas is over because it's in my my movie lineup okay on what streaming service oh i don't know yeah um i mean i just find it every year and watch it it's always on something okay Um, more watch options here here it will tell me peacock okay or you can rent it for 3.99 on prime all right, there you go. Peacock and Prime, you owe us a million dollars. That's right. 
Well, good job. So thanks. Um, next time, next episode, we're not really sure what we're gonna do because by that time, oh no, you know what? I won't be in the Ozarks. You won't. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll we'll probably do another one of these kinds of episodes for sure, and then maybe in January we'll um go back out to shepherd or something i just Mm want to say to you people out there in listening land i'm so disappointed that nobody freaked out over that voice as much as i did i think that everybody thinks we made it up we did not well i know that but i really feel like that's because that's when i see that stuff on tv i'm always like whatever they did that in post-production i just want to reiterate we don't have (laughs) post-production we barely have production well we kind of do i mean we got to edit and stuff but that's i don't i don't know how to do that i wouldn't know how to do that and i'm the post-production person so i'm just telling you but yeah, anyway, that's Jeff Johnson. He said, and Skinner told me that you didn't put it in there. Did you? <laughs> no, I swear we, we did not. We did not put it in there. We are not smart enough to do that. That's right. We are not technically savvy enough to make that happen. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. So, uh, yes, in January, maybe we'll find another place in the Ozarks if it's not horrifically cold. You know, if it's not freezing. got time or whatever. So, um, anyway, thank Sorry. you. What was that? I just coughed in everybody's ear. Sorry. No. I breathed in. All right. Well, uh, thank you all for listening. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you. Yes. Um, uh, remember to subscribe when you, wherever you hear us, leave us stars, go to our Patreon and give us a couple bucks every month, go to our social media and website. And I'll just say that, you know, please, uh, if you've got ideas for a show or you've got corrections to make, or you want to say anything about previous episodes, please do that on our social media. Yep. Uh huh. We release on the first and the fifteenth of every month, and we will be back in a couple of weeks. So goodbye. Bye. And remember, if you liked it, tell all your friends. But if you didn't, keep your big mouth shut. shut.